Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. That means an hour and some change later than normal. <laughs> it's time to ignite the dynamite, the day after the dynamite. And welcome to Day After Dynamite. I am your gross and sick host, Will Washington. This is the best I felt all week, so fingers crossed that I am uh, trending downward because I've got a pay-per-view to travel to in two days, and... Uh, I am. I look. I was in bed. And, you better get some emergency, uh, sir. Took some. Uh, that's what go. I've been taking all week, and Dayquil, and all of that. But you know that voice. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. But folks, if you don't get familiar with her now, it's Ella J. What's up? It's good to be here. My first day after Dynamite. Of course, we were delayed because of the the media call. I think because they were on the West Coast, it was also delayed. But I'm good to be here. Yes, and I am happy that you're here. Thank you for joining me for Day After Dynamite. And uh, you know what? We're just getting started, but let's just get it out of the way early. Will Washington! Hey, it's there, Jeremy making his normal cameo. I feel like shit. I have been Yeah, so I was, I started feeling myself get sick around like Saturday. And I was like, uh, it's like a little tickle in my throat, and I'm like, you know, maybe I'll be sick. I I, I don't want to get sick before Revolution, but 
let's just get this out of the way now. And then Sunday, I felt fine. And so I was like, okay, maybe nothing's happening. But then as I was going to bed Sunday, there's that little tickle again. And I thought, uh, I know it's coming. And then Monday, it just hit me like a brick wall. I felt like shit. Tuesday, I couldn't get out of bed. And yesterday was like the closest I was to being functional. And today, I'm just like blocked up. But I am at least able to do podcasts. I had to cancel on a podcast I've been looking forward to doing for quite some time. I was supposed to be a guest on Four Finger Discount, uh, Simpsons podcast. We're going to talk about one of my favorite episodes. I had to cancel on them because I've been this sick. It's the worst. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this comment on screen. And you get it from your kids. I have learned in being a stepfather that kids just bring home all kinds of shit. And no matter what, you were just going to get randomly sick. I've been sick all <laughs> week. I'm going to take a bunch of NyQuil after this and pass out and sleep. Oh, I'm looking see, forward to that. I, I can't do NyQuil. See, I had to do oh. – uh, see, I'll even take DayQuil and then go to sleep because I know that I am so hard to wake up from NyQuil. Like you put – if I take NyQuil, I am out – and yeah, the good. house could be on fire. <laughs> and the problem is, even when I wake up, I feel like I'm not all there. Like, it Same. takes me hours to actually, like, become cognitive functional. and Or cognitively functional, I guess. Um, and so I hate that feeling. So I'm like, I will just take DayQuil and sleep. Because at least at that point, I, it's not as hard for me to wake up. Oh no, I'm going full NyQuil. Fuck it. <laughs> I, I want that good deep sleep. LJ, nice to see you. I apologize to you personally that you have to work with Joel Pearl every single week. I know that sucks. It's the worst feeling in the world. He's awful. So I'm no. sorry that you go through that. No, I love Joel. You know, say, I have no. nothing but good things about to, um, to say. See, I can mute Ella because I have. <laughs> You know, if I could just read between the lines right now, if I could, I would, but I don't want to get us demonetized or anything. So that's how kind of a guest I am. Yes. I appreciate that. I'm glad you found that. Joel is the best. I'll say nice things about Joel Pearl, but I got, I mean, I gotta. I, I was going to agree with you in some time. sense, except that he keeps making me um, bring up my food takes, which people don't like half the time. Yeah. So he, 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 keep, he keeps provoking me. So I will say that jerk. aspect. I know, sometimes. Instigator. Yeah, we're all we're a, all in it. we're all a jerk sometimes, though. You know, oh, true. I try to get everybody to fight everybody. I I'm, oh, you, you I know you, you, yeah. you try to use the, you try to use this show to start fights you between people, and it's true. <laughs> true. <None. laughs> I don't deny it. <laughs> well, I use my own show to to start fights between. He people. does. You try to get me to fight Denise. I, I will not fight Denise. I'm trying. We'll to get fight you to fight instead. Denise. Well, here's what you can do because uh, spoilers, folks. But next week's guest is Denise Salcedo. So, oh, um, you're you're welcome for the transition. Uh, (laughs) Looking forward to Denise Salcedo being on the show. I'm gonna fight Denise Salcedo. Yeah, sure. Why not? Good luck with that. She's uh, she's crafty. No, that's my karaoke partner. That's my that's my Swifty bestie right there. I can't fight Denise Salcedo. I can't get into it. That's because she would kick my ass too. Oh, 100. Yeah, I don't deny that at all. Speaking of which, uh, I did want to let folks know that if you happen to be in the San Francisco area this coming uh, this coming Saturday, and you happen to be wanting to uh, check out the the AEW bowling event they have going on, 
Um, I will be there. Denise will be there. Righteous Reg will be there. We actually have a lane. Uh, so if you, you want to bring some Lysol nice. just to for Will, to, for yeah, Will, don't get people sick. Will. Will. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, to see everybody on Sunday having the sniffles and stuff. As Will, yes. that's Will Washington's doing right there. Either way, come to the fightful lane and come say what's up because we'll be there. Of course, Britt Baker and Adam Cole will be hosting. Uh, so it's gonna be a good time. And uh, I'm a fairly crappy bowler, but I can. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm decent enough. Like it's a thing my wife and I do on date nights. What's but, what's uh, decent to you? Yeah. What's your what's your average, Will? What do you what do you run in the bowling? It can be know. like 150s. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. It's like 80. What are you talking about? Okay, oh, never mind. 80s yeah, not good. No. Yeah, 80s not great. My average is like 130, 140 at least. No, I can not... like consistently break a hundred. I'm, yeah, I'm good for about like 120 ish. Yeah. No. Okay. And obviously, I'm kidding about 80, but it's. <laughs> I don't know. Not. I definitely am not breaking a hundred. I would say somewhere <laughs> in like 95. Either way, come see me stink at bowling, and come see Denise. I don't know; she and probably stinks it. at bowling too. Oh, uh, yeah, we're yeah. we're vlogging everything, so this is going to be a fun time. Nice. Well, you guys so, have fun with that. You guys have fun reviewing Dynamite. I'm going to get off of this thing and go take all of my Nyquil and uh, transcribe some more Tony Khan quotes, even though he didn't really say much during this. Thing. No, he didn't say anything at all. Oh, the first. On a, I don't put be too mean to poor tony but hey revolution 2020 tremendous show it was a great show one of the best cards i've ever done i'm very proud of this show and it's going to be great with revolution 2023 as well that was about to be the entire 55 minutes but he had some he had some good stuff to say yeah that's a good question well i'm glad glad you got your your question through wow i mean yeah I, I was curious about the, the uh I, I said there's eight matches on the card but there's still <laughs> stuff to fill in uh, so that was my question, and that was the reason that this episode was delayed an hour, was getting on that call. I wasn't sure if I was going to get called upon, though. I'm like, I'm here. Ella, you had a question, right? Yeah. Okay, what was your question? Because I'm very bad at remembering. Mine that. was a write-in. I asked, why was now the time to do the 60-minute Iron Man match? It's their first okay. in company history. Like, why they felt now was the time, so... Well, you see, they have a, a tremendous uh, lineup. They have the best wrestler in the world, Brian Danielson, going for the AEW world title against MJF. He's a despicable person, but he's a great wrestler. Sometimes he can be tough to deal with. We had a big falling out last year. But overall, MJF, great wrestler. It's going to be a tremendous match on Sunday, headlining AEW Revolution. Brian Danielson going after the AEW world title. 60 minutes. You're guaranteed 60 minutes of wrestling with this match between Brian Danielson and MJF. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a great lineup overall. We have the trios match with House of Black and the Elite. We have a Texas death match between Hangman Page and John Moxley. This has been months in the making. We had the unfortunate incident with Hangman Page getting the concussion, John Moxley knocking him out, but then Hangman Page rebounded and came back to defeat John Moxley. It's it's a personal grudge match between these two. We got clarification on Christian Cage against Jungle Boy. That's going to be a no holds barred match at AEW Revolution. We have a tremendous women's match for everybody. Jamie Hayter defends the AEW Women's Championship <laughs> against Ruby Soho and Soraya. It's tremendous to see Soraya back in the ring. Uh, uh, great to see her back. Great to have her in AEW. She's been a big asset to AEW. We have a great four-way tag team match with the Acclaimed, the Guns, Jeff Jarrett, and Jay Lethal. And the I'm team sorry, did you say great? Last night, 
everything's great. Everything's tremendous, Will Washington. And the team that just won the Battle Royal last night, Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. Orange Cassidy and Danhausen, they're on a roll right now. Orange Cassidy, the All Elite, uh, the All Atlantic, All Elite, All Atlantic <laughs> champion, uh, defending his title against Big Bill. And now he's going after the tag team titles. We have Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho and a tremendous grudge match. The, the Jericho Appreciation Society is banned from ringside in that one. We have a great AEW TNT championship match. Wardlow against Samoa Joe. That's a personal match between them. Samoa Joe got his hair cut the hair of Wardlow. Wardlow tried to avenge the death of his father in this match as well. The winner will face Will Hobbs, who is in the uh, who won the Face of the Revolution Battle Royal as well. Tremendous lineup of AEW Revolution. Everybody watching Sunday Bleacher Report on pay-per-view. The greatest pay-per-view of all time. Headlined by Brian Danielson against MJF in a 60-minute Iron Man match. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm I thought he was going to go back. I thought he was going to go back into describing I wanted him to go back into describing Brian and MJF just to really bring the bit back around. That was that was his audition. <laughs> the greatest wrestler of all time, Brian Danielson, me. is going after the title against MJF. MJF, <laughs> his contract is up at the end of the year. All right. So, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> that man was giving me anxiety. <laughs> you know what I'm, I will say I'm slightly scared of? Now, here's the thing. I will say that Brian Danielson is, as Jeremy Lambert put it, the greatest wrestler in the world. I will go as far as to say the GOAT. I don't think there's ever been a better wrestler than Brian Danielson. <laughs> I don't think there is a better person at every aspect of pro wrestling than Brian Danielson. To quote, and I hate to quote him these days, but to steal a Kanye West quote, where Kanye West used to say that I'm not uh, number one in every category, or in any category, but I'm top three in every category. And I don't think that was true for Kanye West, but I do think that is true for Brian Danielson. I think that maybe he's not exactly the number one at any particular thing, but I think he's easily in the Mount Rushmore of everything professional wrestling, whether you're talking about in-ring, whether you're talking about mic workers today, whether you're talking about um, crowd ability, what, no matter what it is, Brian Danielson gets to fit in that conversation. So I think it is safe to call him the GOAT. Anyway, I said all that to say, that he's a pretty safe bet, Brian Danielson. Another person who's a fairly safe bet is MJF. MJF has rarely had a match with somebody where you felt like the chemistry was off, except maybe John Moxley. The John Moxley yeah. was kind of the one. Um, it really that was just at the most recent pay per view because I thought they had a pretty good match at All Out back in 2020. Saying all this to say that 60 minutes on two guys who have never faced each other before is a risk, right? Like, you think about Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, 60-minute Iron Man match. Those two were extremely familiar with each other going into WrestleMania 12 that year. Um, these weren't two guys who were facing each other for the first time. They had run house shows up and down. The Hart Foundation had many, many matches with the Rockers. Um, they had fought over the Intercontinental title. These were guys who you had seen face each other before and so going into a 60 minute iron man match this wasn't a scenario where the guys weren't familiar with each other then you take uh you've got rock and uh and triple h another one two guys who had faced each other a billion times before they got in the ring for a 60 minute iron man match you can even go as aew you could say uh kenny omega and pack in a half hour or half an hour iron man match yeah. those two had had two other matches with each other prior to that they had also had multi-person matches 
So it's interesting to me to be hitting Ryan Danielson versus MJF. First time these two have ever locked up with each other. Danielson's gone 60 minutes, though, before against Hangman. I went to a time limit draw. Oh, sure. So if there's anybody who could handle that, it is Danielson. We've just never really seen MJF in a scenario like this before, from what I recall. So that's also another factor. Does MJF have the kind of stamina endurance to also keep up with it is the question. Yes, absolutely. No, I, I, um, so again, I, I, I trust that Brian can pull this off. I trust that, uh, and yeah, they're bringing up in the chat, Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar having the Iron Man match. I mean, that was after SummerSlam and that was after WrestleMania. Those guys were very familiar with each other. So again, that's one of those things where I think that uh, an Iron Man match is typically reserved in those situations for guys who have locked up so much that it's now time to put them in there for 60 minutes. But at the same time, as you mentioned, Brian, that was the first time he had been in there with Hangman Adam Page and they went Mm -hmm. 60 minutes. Yeah. One of my favorite matches ever. And then running it back a second time was even better. And then you look at uh, Brian went in there half an hour with Kenny Omega. First time. Oh, that wasn't the first time. But um, yeah. it was, I guess, first time in AEW. But actually, those guys were very familiar with each other. So I'm not even going to. That's a terrible example, actually. Um, but my point is that if they don't have chemistry and you're stuck with each other for 60 minutes, that could be a complete disaster, right? Um, so uh that's that's the thing i could see being a worry good thing is it's brian danielson it's mjf do we have confirmation if this is headlining or not because i know brian did an interview and said that he wanted it to go on first do we have Uh, confirmation if it's like opening or closing the show it's probably closing i would bet on it closing yeah uh just because one being on the west coast uh i imagine they want to have (laughs) Because, hey, I'm looking forward to this being a West Coast pay-per-view. Are you kidding me? I have said that I love the Pacific Standard Time mm-hmm. pay-per-views. You mean to tell me I get out of there? Sometimes the sun is still out. Of course, this is winter, yeah. so it's not going to be the case. But yeah. uh, for the most part, when that happens, it's amazing. To still have my night ahead of me, to be able to, after the media scrum gets out, hey, you guys want to go. It's not 3 o'clock in the morning. It's yeah. not 3 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. It might be 11. There yeah. might still be some places open. Oh my God! This is this is gonna be great. I will be there this weekend. I might be masked if I'm still just like bring some Lysol just in case you go to see yes. Will. I'm just I'm giving you a forewarning now. <laughs> uh, but as I tweeted earlier, I don't think I'm gonna make Mania weekend this year, and I'm actually feeling a certain way about that. Um, now, as I, I, I told this story a little bit on the show, but yesterday was the day I got confirmation of the timing of it. Uh, but my daughter, she has been working on this play that uh, she auditioned for. She got the part that she wanted, um, and it's in the Adams family. It's a big production that the uh, uh, the high school puts on, and obviously my daughter's in middle school, but um, yeah. she auditioned for this part. She got it. Uh, and she's really excited about it. She's been, I've been listening to her singing these lines, or singing her songs and practicing her lines every day. Opening day, March 30th. Second day, March 31st. And the only other time I can see it, April 1st. And looking at those three times, I see no possible way I can make it into Los Angeles for WrestleMania weekend and not miss all three 
Yeah. There's no way. I can't. And uh, I was looking at flights back. Flights. I was <laughs> yeah. I've been looking at every flight back, and I just, I don't they're see probably it. like $700 at this point, too. Yeah, I, they're pretty reasonable still. But it's okay. just timing. The timing of them yeah. all. And, and here's the hard part for me. Um, I am from Los Angeles. And so, for me, Los Angeles trips are homecoming. They're the easiest trips for me. For everybody who's like, oh, you know, finding a place to stay, it's expensive, blah, blah, blah. I call it my brother, right? Hey, I need to crash on your couch. This works for me, right? And, uh, or, hey, I need to get around again. Probably going to be abusing brothers and aunts and uncles all I, I can for being in Los Angeles. It's yeah. easy for me. This home. But... Go figure, WrestleMania in Los Angeles. I can't make it. Um, and, but I'm not missing it. Uh, you know, if you, I, I will say as a parent, um, and maybe the, uh, <laughs> I guess I'm just describing humans, but uh, I guess this chat to Ella, to myself, to the children of parents in the room. <laughs> um, you know when you had something that you were really proud of that you were working on, how much of a difference having your parent there to see it makes. And I know that just having seen my daughter's stuff. Anytime when she's singing, I have seen her eyes. You know, she'll be up there singing, and she'll be kind of, you know, her eyes kind of scanning the room. And then her eyes will make contact with mine, and I will see the look on her face change, like the expression, like, almost like almost like she just spotted somebody yeah. proud of her and is like okay gotta keep going right and i know how much of a motivator that can be and as long as i can be there for my kids i i will be there for those things now granted this place two and a half hours i am watching it once um but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i have to watch it at yeah. least one yeah. time there's priorities. There's actually life beyond wrestling, as crazy as that is sometimes. Yes. So <laughs> I haven't missed a Mania weekend since 2015, which go oh, figure wow. was also in California. Yeah. Uh, but I've been at all of them, and all of a sudden now, uh, go figure this looking like one of the biggest ones. Yeah. I I have to miss it. It's really feeling priorities. Like... Yes. But hey, I won't. Folks... I won't be there either. If that makes you feel better. <laughs> really, you're not going to be there no. either. It's it's too expensive for me, you know, and like it's getting closer. I booked off a couple days though that week from work to do mm -hmm. stuff related to like podcasts and mania week. So I took off some days to do yeah. stuff still involved, but I will not be there. I will make sure to get as much podcast content done as possible. Like I'm really sad oh, about yeah. missing like Wally Mania. Um, yeah. <sighs> Wally Mania is Thursday, isn't it? I, I might be able to pull. So. I might be able to pull that off. Uh, basically, if I came in Thursday and left Friday, because like, yeah. I'm not worried about the money per se, but mm -hmm. I am worried about the um, just the timing. But if I left, if I got in, if I just did Thursday, maybe some Friday afternoon. There is a bunch stuff. of stuff on Thursday. Yeah. I will definitely not make Super Card of Honor. That's for sure. Uh, but maybe, maybe. Um, Kaden, I'm going to take you up on that thing you just said about. Uh, being my travel guide uh figure that out for me if you can getting me in back on time to not miss a play on either saturday afternoon or friday so who knows but either way uh with this being day after dynamite want to let everybody know a couple of things one 
every other Thursday this show goes on. After the show is over, jump on over to Fightful Select because myself, Righteous Reg, Philip Lindsay, we're going to do some talking. It's going to be a short version of Ask Grapsity this week because we have to start it late. And because we're starting it late, that also means that uh, Reg has a new show premiering tonight right here, Fightful, youtube.com slash Fightful. He and Kate are going to be reviewing Ring of Honor. And so in order to review Ring of Honor, they have to watch it. In order to watch it, they have to not be on podcast. So we're going to make sure that Ask Rhapsody, we may not be able to get to every question, but send in your questions. We're going to try and get to as many of them as we can. Um, and we will be on. Also, with this being Day After Dynamite, and my camera lost focus, so I'm going to try and refocus I that. I feel and if, that. And if you're listening on audio, I'm sorry. That's going to make no sense to you. Uh, <laughs> but send us your super chats. Send us those humper chats youtube.com slash fightful is the way to send us a super chat we got super chats here from ray O. it says i have a theory i'd like to share soraya is going to win the title on sunday leading to a main event return match with hater at the uk show that all depends on where that uk show is i've said that i think the idea to me is to have brit win it in some kind of like turn uh where she double crosses uh hater takes the belt from her and then the UK show, you could main event it, honestly, with Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter now for the title and have Jamie get her big win winning the title in front of her home country fans. Mm-hmm. That's my idea, though. Yeah. Again, it depends what it is, too. Yes. Uh, Van Twinblade says, did y'all watch Wasteland War Party have the second only TJPW princess tag title defense ever on Glory Pro Sunday? I did not, um, but I'm always glad that Van Twinblade is here to provide us with Glory Pro updates. But Glory Pro is really good, and if you do get a chance and you have Fight TV Plus, you should check out Glory Pro. Um, and Caden says, Ella has seen me cry, uh, so she gets monies. AEW has lost me the last few shows. Tag Division is awful waffle, debating not watching the pay-per-view. Uh, I've heard that a bunch. Uh, Trust the Process says, is Swerve really not going to be on the pay-per-view? TK said the card is pretty set. Really disappointed, di- disappointing to see his momentum get killed since his turn on Keith. Uh, yeah, uh, he, I know, um, it's not my place to put out why, but he did miss a show. But I I was definitely annoyed at, um, basically, I did feel the momentum stalled after getting the mogul affiliates and everything on TV. I thought the match that he had with AR Fox was a good place to keep him established on dynamite and then keep running until it was time to do the match at the pay-per-view. And it really felt like they were building for the match at the pay-per-view. And I, um, I had heard in uh, a little bit of a, uh, I guess, rumor that this match was not going to be on the pay-per-view uh, as of like two weeks ago, but I was holding out a little bit of hope um and so yeah i did ask the question on the call just a few minutes ago wondering you know there's stuff that's not being put on this Mm -hmm. pay-per-view and you know tony basically confirming that the card is set which means that we will not be seeing uh swerve versus keith at the pay-per-view also jade cargill for the first time not defending the tbs title on the pay-per-view that was the reason i asked about that as well um he did say that there'd be matches added to the buy-in but again this is uh stuff that feels fairly important 
the, that 60 uh, minute Iron Man match, I feel like has heavily impacted it too as well. Cause yeah. that itself, you know, that fit, that fits like two to three matches in there in that hour span itself, but it's just going to be one long match too. So normally we're used to at least 10 plus matches on an AEW pay-per-view card. That mm-hmm. hour long match is definitely impacted. I think the capacity to have more matches time-wise too. And I know like we don't want it. I mean, maybe just me, but I don't, I don't think that a lot of people want like a six hour long show if they were going to add more, you know? Right. And if they did, Time-wise, it would be maybe five minutes. It would be shorter matches. And I think people, sometimes that works, but I think people like wouldn't appreciate, appreciate it or feel fulfilled as much if it's only like a five-minute match. It's like, what's the point, you know? Yeah. Um, so, like, I get it time-wise. Yeah. Uh, I get all of that. It's just more so... It, it it was worth it's worth it's worthy of a pay per view for sure. I think that maybe then we get it on the dynamite after or something. Right. I don't I don't know for sure though. But yeah, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, eight matches for an AEW pay per view feels kind of like rare uh, to be honest. But obviously that's like I said that sixty minute Iron Man match is heavily impacted. Probably the capacity for two or three matches even more than that. Yeah. Uh, David Reed says House of Black needs to win the trios titles. That tag division needs the Bucks mm. in the worst way possible. Mm. Um, I mean, I am curious uh, as to how that all lays out, and we will find out. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think no matter what the match is going to deliver, I think that's yeah. another match that in the build definitely lost some time because we know that there was a week where obviously Kenny. Uh, wasn't able to actually two weeks in there where they weren't able to use Kenny Omega. And I think that affected the build. Uh, And so we weren't able to get nearly as much out of it. I'm curious what they do with rampage this week. I hear they're involved in rampage this week. Uh, It's just a matter of what they end up doing. So as Tony Khan said, rampage this week is going to have uh, implications. It's weird. My brain forgot that rampage is live this week. And so oh, yeah. I went online thinking like, hey, I haven't heard anything about yeah. like what happened at Rampage. And they haven't really even announced, like they've announced two matches for Rampage. How could they do that if the show's been taped? And then I thought, oh, because it hasn't been taped. It's live this week. So and... I, think, I think it's possible that they might. I mean, Tony said it's set. I mm-hmm. think maybe we get one more. But again, it could just be for the buy-in stuff because we don't really know yeah. what's happening with that. So they might use some of Rampage to set up some buy-in matches, I feel like, at this point. If what Tony was saying is actually locked in, there's no more matches on the main card. Yeah, I think that they... like. I think they'll add the, the Stokely stuff. Yeah. Um and and whatnot uh we got this humper chat here okay uh this one here is from one sweet chris it says this message is for dad that's me it says the ass boys are a great rep for the tag division because the title picture is complete ass uh we got this one for from dan the man it's it says uh hi will First time, long time. As a San Francisco native, I was looking forward to the Cow Palace shows, but the turnout was bad. With what and who you know, is AEW apprehensive to come back to the Bay slash San Francisco? Um, I don't know at the moment if that's talked about because they're still in this mode of, hey, we got three shows. Um, 
Because I know that the way that they look at multiple shows in the same area, um, they look at it as cost effective. So they see it as, um, and I've had this conversation with people in AEW. For example, uh, we're talking about the Toronto shows, uh, because somebody had asked them why uh, they were doing both. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash fightful. Dynamite and Rampage, uh, you know, why choose to do them live? Or like the weeks of um, All Out where they'll do Dynamite, Rampage, and All Out all in the same building. Yeah. And a big reason for that is because the most, if you can get multiple shows, which means that you sell multiple sets of tickets without having to move out the production you're saving a ton of money on that. And so for them, uh, as far as they're concerned, I think they kind of knew when they announced that the majority of the, the turnout was going to be at Revolution itself, which is going to be at the Chase Center. So they still have the loadout for that, um, and which then comes with the cost of resetting up the stage in the Chase Center. Um, I know that attendance-wise for Revolution, so it's one of those numbers that's kind of hard to get a good read on because you look at the attendance, I think it's like 7,000 at a glance. And the first thought is, well, that's low for an AEW pay-per-view. I believe that's really on the low end. Uh, it's like a, about the same number as like, and, what, what's that? I, I was just going to say it's like a rampage kind of deal. Um, I mean, maybe. that's, I would say like Revolution 2020 didn't have a huge turnout, but that's also, I mean, it had a huge turnout, yeah. but that's also a really small arena because that was at the yeah. Trust Arena in Chicago. Um, and so I've seen it looked at a couple of ways because one of the ways I know AEW is looking at the number at the Chase Center is that this is the most attended show at the Chase Center amongst all wrestling companies. Um, and because I know Monday Night Raw there did like, 4,000 maybe when they were there. Uh, So they are looking at it from the perspective of for this market, 
how good of attendance is this. And the show is going to look good on camera. Um, but as far as the uh, turnout last night was concerned, yeah, I, I had been paying attention to that ticket map for a while. And looked like they filled all the lower bowl, and then uh, they didn't seem to have filled enough of the upper decks to want to light them because they were not lit at all on TV. <clears throat> so we could definitely tell uh, with that being the case. Uh, and Steven GR says, uh, hold on. I tried to copy and paste that and then it didn't take. So Steven GR says, if it makes you feel any better, I live in LA and I won't be able to make it to mania. I guess it does make me feel a little bit better. I mean, cause you live there. So <laughs> there's that. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, my, my main issue is that. I, I love Mania Weekends because it's such a gathering of It is. Everybody. It's also so stressful, too, though, especially if you're, like, on the, the media sides of things. It's, like, there's a lot. See, I love the go-go-go-ness of it. I, I love well, being... Last year was my first one, so maybe I just need to build up, like, say, a, a tolerance for it. Last uh -huh. year was my first Mania Weekend, so I was... I was getting used to it. I was definitely go, 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 but I wasn't really prepared for it. I hadn't done anything like that really yet. Uh, yeah, because I, I think I gradually built it up. Yeah. Because my first year was just like a, oh, I'll do WrestleCon, and we did a meet, we did a podcast meetup in WrestleCon, and then mm -hmm. Mania, and that was it. And then the year after that, it was like, okay, I'll do WrestleCon, and then some indies, and then yeah. a meetup, and then Mania, and yeah. then it was like, okay. And but but by, by last year, I was everywhere. It yeah. was like, yeah. Okay, let's get to the show. Let's get to the show. Yeah. Let's get to the show. Let's get to the show. That was pretty much me last year. At least all the stuff I could like did indies, did a bunch of like the the scrums, whatever you know, mm -hmm. WrestleCon, Mania. It was it was a big thing, you know. Maybe it's, I went in. Maybe I went in too full force. <laughs> That's why I don't know. I, yeah, I, you gotta build up for it. I know. I just went in full in, to be honest. Uh, let's see. We've got Jose says Eddie Guerrero is the goat. Technical, high flying power moves, mic, crowd control, comedy. I mean, yeah, I I can see seeing Eddie as such. Uh, to me, I think Brian does all of the above. You did say that. Well, so. He has know. his moments, his his comedy moments, and he can be um, ruthless too, as we saw that f bomb on Dynamite. Uh -huh. Yeah, no, I I mean, look, uh, Eddie is definitely in that yeah. same category. Um, I wish that he had a little bit more main event longevity, obviously, yeah. but you know, we only got to see that for like a year, mm -hmm. uh, and we didn't get to see him performing at that level for long enough, uh, and that. That honestly kind of makes me sad. As somebody who watched Eddie's almost entire career, as much of it as I could as an adult. Um, but, no, Eddie, obviously, one of the goats. Uh, and, and that's not one of those, like, because he died kind of things, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I, I found one of my old message board posts from, like, 2003. And I was ranking my top five wrestlers of all time. And Eddie Guerrero, uh, two years prior to his death, mm -hmm. was on that list. Yeah. So... Uh, I, 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 didn't even, I didn't even know wrestling was a thing then. And granted, I was like, um, like five, six years old at that time. <laughs> yeah, of course I'm <laughs> dirt old, but, uh, we have the same birthday though. You're just 10 years older. 
It's yeah, fun. that's that's true. Um, I mean, so it's it's funny because uh, when I started podcasting, you were seven, and uh, you started I, young though. You started on the younger end of things. I started, sure. yeah, uh, that's very true. I started at seventeen. Yeah, and but it's it's always interesting to think about the amount of stuff I've gotten to cover. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's out there. Every podcast I've ever done is online. If you ever want to hear my instant reaction to Eddie's passing, it's out oh, there yeah. because, uh, well, so the, the sad story about that was that I had done the show on a Saturday. So we did the Eddie pot. Mm-hmm. So we did Eddie died. Uh, what was it? A Saturday night or Sunday morning. He was found Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So of course at that time I was doing podcast Saturdays. And so we had done the show and my co-host at the time, Brian, had made a remark about Eddie that seemed really tasteless by the morning. Um, yeah. Because it was literally just about his match with Mr. Kennedy. Yeah. And so, the last so match, he, yeah, for him. Uh, and so Brian had made a remark about that. I went to sleep. And normally I had used to put the podcast, like we do them live, and then I would upload the audio files the next morning. Or I would mm-hmm. upload the audio files that night. But for whatever reason, I was super tired. And I'm like, I'll do it in the morning. And so I went to bed, woke up to the news Eddie passed. I was distraught. I would I lost it. And then I thought, oh, shit, that thing Brian said on the podcast sounds awful right now. Yeah. And so we had to, like, record a disclaimer and say that, like, everything that you hear on t- this yeah. episode of the podcast was recorded before we ever got news. So there are some statements yeah. in this podcast that yeah. will sound tasteless in hindsight. Yeah, I had a I had a similar thing. It wasn't tasteless comments, but we were I did a podcast before Hannah Kamara's passing, you know. We were talking good things about her, like and how the person I was interviewing wanted to face her. And then uh-huh. literally a couple days later she, you know, unfortunately passed away. So I had to make a disclaimer about that. It's weird how I mean, it's so unpredictable. Completely unpredictable. Yeah. Uh, that was not one I would have ever picked. Uh, yeah. Trust the process says it won't happen, but Punk returning and costing MJF the title would be fire. Uh, yeah, there's a. I don't know. They would both get heat, though, I think. Who. Uh, I think enough time has passed for Punk to not get heat at this stage. I, I still think there would be a, some, at least some there. I mean, I think there's a lot of people who want, who obviously yeah. feel a certain way about it, yeah. but I think that enough time has passed. Like, mm-hmm. you can even see it from the wrestlers, who for a long mm-hmm. time wrestlers were staying really quiet, and yeah. now they're like, uh, nah, like, come back. Like, mm-hmm. wrestlers work together sometimes that uh, don't get along, and that's okay. Uh, G-Bro says, hey, Will, what's the secret to a good mac and cheese? You don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Ella, please explain. <laughs> so our good friend Kate, man, I this is I blame Kate for this. So you know how I was mentioning earlier about my food takes, right? You know uh-huh. how Joel makes me, you know, um, talk about them on our podcast, right? Well, one of them, Caden's <laughs> laughing because he knows because I am not like. I don't really do mac and cheese. Like I love cheese, but just for me, mac and cheese is just too cheesy. So I can't do it. So I've had so many, see, exactly. So I've had so many people come for me for that food take, you know, (laughs) why did we have to mention mac and cheese on this podcast? I'm going to get dragged even more. (laughs) Like, 
I don't understand. The statement doesn't compute to me. I like cheese, but I don't yeah. like mac and cheese. It's just, I don't know how to explain it. It's like too cheesy and it tastes really funky. Like it's just overbearing. Every mac and cheese that I've ever had is just overbearing. It's too cheesy. I mean, the secret to a good mac and cheese is more so to ask yourself, what makes bad mac and cheese? Because to me, it's so funny that Ellis says this, because my only mac and cheese complaints are when it's not cheesy enough. When I, I'm like, oh, this is, like, when it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, when you go to, like, a fancy-ass restaurant, and they're just like, here's some noodles, and we just, like, sprinkled some cheese on this, and now we're going to call this mac and cheese. That shit sucks. Don't recommend. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe I just haven't had any good mac and cheese yet is the thing. That, All that I've had has be been it. shit. Because I don't know. But it's was... just, you know, it's just too, it, I don't, like, sometimes there can be too much of something, you know? And it just doesn't, and the texture is kind of like, eh, to me. Maybe I just haven't had good mac and cheese is the thing. Like, honestly, I, I'm a big fan of cheese, like, but I just can't do mac and cheese for some reason. Maybe I just haven't had any good ones is what it's been. That's probably it. I don't know. I mean, look, the secret <laughs> to me for a good mac and cheese, G-Bro asking what's the secret <laughs> to a good mac and cheese, is um, I like mac and cheese as the base for literally anything right like i'm a big lobster mac and cheese guy like you put lobster mac and cheese it's the best fucking shit um but then also i don't know i so i'm i'm one of those like add bacon add chicken like whatever you can add to like really spice up a mac and cheese like mac and cheese to me is like pizza it's like the base and then you can really like make it whatever you want it to be uh Shout I out man my food takes for the day. I'm going to get dragged even more. Uh, so, a couple more. Ricardo says, just want to send some love out to you guys. And uh, Caden says, Steakhouse Mac, where it's put on a grill. And, wait, are people shocked by lobster mac and cheese? Are you kidding me? Have you had lobster mac and cheese? Go to a good f- seafood restaurant and or not even a good seafood restaurant go to fucking red lobster they have lobster mac and cheese shit is great i've never had lobster i've never had that luxury unfortunately oh that's my like that's my hey i just got my bonus yeah exactly see i i've never had that luxury (laughs) so i don't know i haven't tried it yeah, so, like, even last year when my wife was, she got her Christmas bonus, and she's like, where are we going to dinner? And I'm like, seafood, because I need lobster. Literally, we just, for Valentine's Day, we're like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, oh, it's an event? Lobster. That's my go-to. Anytime <laughs> something special is happening, I have to have lobster, because it makes, I, I don't know if it tastes great, or if it's just that feeling of, I'm having something a little bit fancier than usual. I'm not just eating McDonald's. Um, Jake Salazar says, smoked brisket mac and cheese is literally the best. Um, That's a good one, too. All right, though, folks. (laughs) We're going to talk about some pro wrestling here. Yeah, what's what's pro wrestling? I don't know what that is. uh, So we're going to start with (laughs) the opening match, which saw Orange Cassidy defending the All-Atlantic Championship against... Big Bill. Bill, 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 Bill. I don't know. Um, figured I'd throw a little Bill Nye the Science guy in there. But uh, this 
match was a pro wrestling match. Yes. But, I mean, yes, that's it was. It. I, what, Good what did observation. You <laughs> what did Good you think? I mean, like, it, it, to me, um, yeah. for as long as it went, which it did get a solid, like, 12 minutes, um, I don't know. I don't think it was remarkable enough for no. that much time. But I recognize that Orange Cassidy has really shown some strong numbers for Tony mm-hmm. recently. He's really yeah. shown to be a draw, and mm-hmm. uh, he's somebody that Tony's going to continue to put in prominent spots. Uh, but... Just the match overall, what did you think? Honestly, I was more drawn by the interactions between Danhausen um, <laughs> and Stokely, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, I mean, uh, what's it, what, Danhausen trying to curse Stokely and then Bill got in the way, Big Bill got in the way. For me, I was more drawn by that. I, I mean, I think Cassidy is always a draw for him. So, I mean, I don't think it necessarily has to be like a great match or whatever for people mm-hmm. to tune into it. Um, I mean, it is what it was. Um, obviously they're going the route though. Now that, um, he's not defending the title at revolution. Instead, he's in the tag team championship. So that kind of, uh, takes away a championship matchup that they could have possibly had on there. So that's my really only like qualm in it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's fairly unremarkable. I mean, big bill worked well and like nothing was bad here. And that's why I'm just like, it was a wrestling match. Um, and yeah, we just kind of moved on after he won. Yeah, uh, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, of course, this was to set up that Orange Cassidy would yes. be going into the uh, the Battle Royal Hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then had a what I thought was a phenomenal promo from John Moxley. Uh, I thought Moxley just... He just... He's good at this. He's very, very yeah. good at this. He's very good at delivering uh the the passion for his promos and uh delivering a clear decisive message in why he needs to win and i thought the bloody face as he's doing it uh looked fucking gruesome and it was great Uh, what did you think of this I mean, it sets up to the Texas death match. Um, and I'm really excited for this matchup, too, because I feel like it's putting Hangman in a different element, too. You know, he's been, like, not clean-cut babyface, but, you know, we haven't really seen those layers pulled back as there's anything more than, like, this wholesome, you know, anxious millennial cowboy, which he is. But with this feud with Moxley, he's really getting more an edge to him. And so I think that this is really going to pull the layers back on Hangman itself. And I feel like Moxley is the right opponent to do this. And also it's in a Texas death match. So I think it's pushing both of them. And it's kind of the, I mean, the rubber match really between them in a sense. Um, So I'm excited for this. Um, I think the promo was right on par to what it should be uh, to go into this Texas death match. And it made, I mean, not that blood, you know, we're kind of just used to that with Moxley at this point, but it makes sense for the Texas death match. He addressed that in the promo though too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of just a common occurrence, but it, it makes sense. Like there, it, it has its place in this match. We're, we're expecting blood in this match. Yes. Although, to be fair, at this point, I think we expect blood in any Moxley match. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then the Elite make their way out, or at least we think so, and they immediately get jumped by House of Black. Uh, lights go out. The lights come back on. They've got the belts. And I don't know. Uh, that was... I would have liked to have seen more from them. I yeah. thought that to only 
give this basically the 40 seconds we got here followed by the uh i thought the segment later on with house of black where they had the belts was very very good and i think that combined we ultimately got some good content but i think it was really interesting that that's really all we saw uh but really the thing of the night was the face of the revolution ladder match a match that normally takes place at revolution but got moved to dynamite this week saw action entretti ar fox eddie kingston commander kanosuke takeshita powerhouse hobbs ortiz and sammy guevara this was a treat um now of course aw it's it's interesting because they have these two match stipulations for like everything right they've got the face of the revolution ladder match but then they also have the casino ladder match and the two differences being that face of the revolution is more money in the bank style where it's just everybody that starts in the ring and then they introduce uh i mean and then we just have a victor and then of course they have the casino where Mm -hmm. people enter one by one i prefer that stipulation though i didn't like how it ended last year um and then in this case, we the face of the Revolution Ladder match, of course, is for a shot at the TNT Championship. Um, right off the bat, we didn't get entrances for everybody unless no. you're watching on Fight, uh, which that's a shame because uh, uh, my boys Rated R and uh, True God, of course, did the theme song for Commander. I would have loved to have actually heard that on TV. Um, but it's I'm guessing we're going to see a lot more of Commander because... Uh, he, he had a lot definitely... of time slash spots in that match. Ah. Well, let's talk about it. Because, okay. uh, yeah, Commander really got the show out here. Yeah. Oh, Caden's saying we didn't get the entrances on Fight either. Okay, well then, no entrances. Either way, <laughs> Hobbs was in the ring, and we saw right off the bat that the crowd was here for Hobbs. That yeah. we're in his hometown. Uh... And I knew he was going to win this match. I I knew, I, I said pretty much weeks ago, and they were like, what do you think Hobbs is going to do at Revolution? I'm like, oh, he's going to win the face of the Revolution ladder match because it's his hometown. This can give him a moment. Uh, I just, I didn't know what we were going to get out of this. So the first thing we got, of course, was Eddie Kingston. Yes. Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. Eddie had had said uh, they played the promo on uh, on Road Two this week, where they interviewed every participant, and Eddie Kingston was the only one who was like, "I'm not fucking doing this match. I'm not doing it. I don't climb ladders. Like, don't put me in this match. I'm out of here." And he's like, "I'm not doing it." And then, sure enough, he and Ortiz brawl to the back, and after the show is over, Eddie Kingston quit. He said, "I quit AEW and left." What does this mean? Well, Tony Khan was asked about this, and he said, watch wrestling. You'll find out. Um, and sure enough, watch Ring of Honor tonight. If you've read the spoilers, you'll, you'll <laughs> I have know. Not. I haven't oh. read all of them. <laughs> I, mean, I mean... I mean, they're out there, so it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's out there, and I'm not going to... Look, the show airs tonight. But regardless, yeah. I'm just going to say, if you're curious what's going on with Mr. Kingston, uh, just know that he will be involved in... I think a lot of people were expecting that anyways, because literally my whole timeline last night was, to Ring of Honor we go! <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of people were, like, very surprised. Um, and yeah. 
I think Tony's answer in the media call should hopefully dispel anybody who thought that that was uh, legit. Yeah. Mainly because the way he responded of, go watch wrestling. Like, go. It's a valid point. He said, watch the shows and you'll see what what happens there. Uh, And so, honestly, if I were Tony, I would have played up the kayfabe of that. I would have been like, I, I don't know what's going on with Eddie mm-hmm. Kingston. I didn't think that was acceptable. And, mm-hmm. uh, True. You know, th- or something along those lines. But the yeah. fact that he was like, uh, what do you think? <laughs> I'm like, what? This, is, this is wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, um, or yeah, as was just said in the chat, or he gives his Tony Khan answer of, uh, I can't talk about that. But he didn't give any of that. So, uh Talking about the match itself, though. So once Eddie Kingston and Ortiz were out, uh, this match basically went kind of balls to the wall. We saw Commander have a an incredible run across the top rope, uh, landing on the uh, landing on the fray. That was great. Um, there was a real big scare in there with Action Andretti and Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. I thought Sammy was toast after that. But the fact that he kept the match going? Yeah. Through the table. Yeah. Uh, I uh, was very shocked at that. Uh, Konosuke Takeshita and Powerhouse Hobbs had some great power showings between the two of them. Uh, Konosuke Takeshita also had an amazing Blue Thunder Bomb off the ladder. And uh, we saw Sammy Guevara hit a senton off the ladder onto action and ready to the outside and something that got way too much conversation today but powerhouse hobbs of course uh got the victory retrieving the uh the sonic ring as we've basically described that over the last few years uh as he ascended the ladder and uh it was a very destroyed ladder (laughs) And so at that point, uh, the referees are very much holding it together, and he retrieves the brass ring to become the face of the revolution. I think uh, it's about time. I feel like like since, um, was it All Out? He faced Starks, you know? That was a real, I think it was at All Out. Um, yeah, All Out. Yeah, you know, his, I feel like that kind of slowed his momentum for a bit. But since that loss, he's only lost one match. And that was the TNT championship match. He was kind of thrown into, but since then he's all, yeah, he's only lost one match since after his loss at all out. So he's been winning on dark and all of that. You know, he hasn't gotten as much time on like dynamite or rampage per se. Um, but he's been on a pretty good roll since his loss to Ricky Starks. And I mean, Arn Anderson too, I know um, did a recent podcast and said he believes that Hobbs has the potential to be a future world title contender. And so I feel like that's kind of aligning. I mean, granted that was before all of this happened, but I feel like that's kind of aligning. We're finally getting the momentum back on powerhouse Hobbs. He got the reps in on dark and everything leading up. And now is the time to like, give him that opportunity granted we still have this match between Wardlow and Samoa Joe on Sunday but next week will they pull actually finally pull the trigger on him on this singles push I think now's the time to capitalize on it um but I think it's a good opportunity for him they've slowly built him and now they're giving him an opportunity to prove himself and possibly win a singles championship in AEW yes 
Uh, now, Caden says he won it all out, lost at Grand Slam. Gee, last I checked, Caden, I believe that was a lights out match, wasn't it? Um, I don't believe oh, yeah. that the match at Grand Slam yeah. actually counts. Uh, <laughs> fair so... enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I couldn't remember. I know when whichever match it was against Ricky Starks, it was the unsanctioned lights out match, but that was around September, I believe it was. Yeah. So, but since so... then, he, he's only lost one match since then after that loss. So he's had a pretty good run since then, and now they're kind of pulling the trigger, hopefully, yes. anyways, giving us some hope for it. <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm gonna do you like that because that's how that went down yeah. uh anime otaku says the best answer would have been we wish eddie well in his future endeavors really play into it uh, people would misconstrue that though i know uh, <laughs> yeah, people would go crazy uh i trust the process as i get that tk likes having guys win in their hometown but do you think doing it every time has made it too predictable nah um and i say that because look it's i don't care about predictability yeah uh, as a matter of fact Whatever happened to predictability? The Milkman, the Paperboy, Evening TV? No, sorry. Um, Love it. <laughs> anyway. No, seriously, though. The uh, And look, I have seen maybe five episodes of Full House total. I just happen I've, to know I've watched up. every season at least five times over. <laughs> so I hated Full House growing up. I could not stand Danny Tanner moments. Um like every single time the show got in that like emotional mode, which is stupid because I love Family Matters, which was literally yeah. just like Black Full House, right? Well, but they, they had Steve Urkel they, on Full House. They did, I don't know they if you've did seen crossovers. that. I yeah. have. Um, and same with Step by Step. They did the crossovers yes. there too. Uh, but I could not stand <laughs> Full House. Something about Full House drove me nuts. Um, so I will say this. I want to talk about the latter thing and not for very long. Uh, because, of course, there's been all this discourse on uh, throughout the morning about uh, whether or not the refs should have held the ladders for um, for powerhouse hops. And, of course, I had a tweet this morning where I showed a clip of literally the refs holding the ladder while Cena AA'd Edge off the... Um, uh, and, and in plain sight, it wasn't like a, oh, well, you caught them out the corner of your eye. It's like, no, mm -hmm. the, they literally have a wide shot. Cena yeah. AAing Edge off the, uh, or I guess it was the FU at the time, but hitting the FU through the tables for Cena to win what was his most uh, prolific title win. The one that um, I would say really defined his career as a, as a world champion. That, his third title win, the one where he was champ for 380 days. Um he won that, of course, after throwing Edge off the ladder and retrieving, and the refs are literally holding the ladder for him to do so. Um, that's a thing. That's always a thing. Uh, if you pay attention to spots in professional wrestling and ladder matches, uh, pretty much over the last like 15 years, you've probably not noticed, but the refs are holding the ladders for them. Um, because to me, what is a ref there for in a ladder match? Like just in general, why, why would it? Why would you even need a ref in a ladder match um, when the it, idea of it's the a ladder more risky environment? Not only one there, I mean to maintain order, but like if people get hurt, it's one of those matches that's more, uh, you know, risky. Yes, and so to me, I think with it being risky, the ref's job to me should be, and I think it's. Kind of to, I thought it was self-explanatory. I did not think about any of this till I got on Twitter this morning. Mm -hmm. That is like uh, how little thought I gave this at the time. Because to me, I would think that, you know, um, 
a ladder match is a match in which the outcome is not dictated by what the ref calls in the ring, but literally what the camera visually sees, which is the item retrieved from the, uh, from its suspension. Yeah. So at that point, the refs should be there simply to help maintain the structures that are there to, uh, to get that ascension. And so in this case, there were two ways for me to look at this. I saw one Hobbs starts to climb the ladder. Once he sees it's kind of wobbly, he literally shouts out to, uh, to Rick Knox to come hold the ladder. And to me, I thought actually like being a big intimidating ass dude, I thought that was like a badass look for him to be like, Hey, you hold this ladder for me. And then everybody else follows suit because look, there's a black man in me that saw four white referees holding down a ladder while a black man ascends to the top and grabbing a brass ring. That was actually a really powerful visual to me. But um, on top of that, I thought, you know, the idea of them being there at ringside, period, I thought, is to, to maintain these structures. And so I at no point saw any issues with it being visually on camera or not. We've seen this stuff visually on camera. It's, I, I have never had an issue with this. And the fact that it became such a big topic of discussion today drove me nuts. Uh, and that's kind of the last thing I have to say about any of it. Like, I'm really happy for Hobbs. Um, that's the big homie. I'm really happy for him getting this victory. I do hope that... Because uh, every face of the Revolution ladder match winner eventually did go on to win the TNT championship, but none of them won it in their first shot. They always got the shot lost by some means and then won their rematch. Uh, And so I'm curious how, if they break that tradition here or does Hobbs just immediately get it? Or do they remain predictable? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know because yeah, last time we had Wardlow, of course, won it last year. MJF cost him the match. He beat MJF and then went on to win the TNT title. Scorpio Sky won it the first time. He lost, turned heel, and then won it like 10 months later. Uh, But but that was always addressed, that he was going to come back for it, and he got it. And so I'm thinking, what do you do here? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm excited for Hobbs. I was very happy to see him get that victory. I thought it was really cool. And I would like to see him be like a long-term TNT champion. I hope so. I I, I don't I hope they don't do the hot potato kind of thing again. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't mind hot potatoing as long as there's frequent defenses. To steal Reg's line, okay. uh, the more a title is defended the more, in theory, it should change hands. Like, the problem I was having with it last year is that it was literally changing on every defense. But if you're yes. having somebody like Darby who was going out there and he's like, I'm going to defend the title every week. And he was literally defending it twice a week mm-hmm. at times. And then he just happened to hit a wall. And it was like he had a short reign, but in that short reign, he defended it like five or six times. That's so I think you can pull a hot potato, but only if you're defending it frequently. Mm-hmm. Joe hasn't had frequent defenses, so that's a concern if they do mm-hmm. it. Uh, let's see. We got a... 
And the cool thing is, this is kind of where the show peaked. Because uh, as far as there being a lot more to talk about, there kind of isn't. Because, all right, let's talk about the remainder of this show. Chris Jericho versus Peter Avalon. Quick, Jericho wins. Beat him down with a baseball bat. Ricky Starks comes in, beats him down. That that that's about it. <laughs> that was it. That's about it. <laughs> uh, and then we had the Renee Paquette interviewing Christian Cage in yes. ring. Uh, Christian Cage has decided to become a boomer in his promos. <laughs> uh, what did you think of this? Um. Well, obviously, this is, like, one of the more lengthy feuds that we've had. Like, this goes back a while between Christian Cage and Jungle Boy. I just goes hope that... back to that, June. Yeah. I just hope that this doesn't end up being, like, the short... Like, another short match between them. Um, I I think we're seeing a new side of Jungle Boy, like, with the with the gravestone and all of that. I like heel Christian. There's, like, a an edge to him. Yeah, he can go... Um, across that line, you know, blur, blur blur a lot of lines. There's a lot of stakes here. I think Jungle Boy kind of needs to win this. Um, I like this different side of Jungle Boy Jack. I also like that now Jungle Boy is his like moniker in quotes. He's Jungle Boy Jack Perry, too. I think that's an interesting development here. But I mean, it's kind of this has been a lengthy story that we've seen. So hopefully, it's the final chapter in it. But I, again, how do you close that out? I guess it would be here. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm thinking this is the moment to finally close it out. Yeah. I think they really wanted to go here because, like, I know that one of the things Christian talked about and even signing with AEW is that he wanted to work with Jungle Boy. And yes. the fact that this match has eluded them for so long and, like, when they had the opportunity to do it at All Out, Christian got hurt. Um, and this is finally the opportunity to do the match that they had set out to do from the beginning. So... Uh, but I liked Christian here. I don't know that I liked Jungle Boy's video. Like it was, I don't know, felt very uh, high school art project. And <laughs> production wasn't on yes. point. Fair point. Uh, we had FTW title on the line. Hook uh, beat Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy tapped very quickly. He, Jungle Boy did, or not Jungle Boy? Hook didn't have that thing locked in for half a second and matt hardy is already tapping yeah it's almost as if matt hardy wanted stokely in this match with hook it's almost as if matt hardy was playing stokely all along and accepting this challenge um and i the video that they posted online on matt hardy's twitter with him and isaiah cassidy was very very good of them sarcastically being upset about this loss Mm -hmm. and uh and orange cat and isaiah cassidy Sorry, got my Cassidy's mixed up, um, which I guess is a point in Vince's favor for not having wrestlers with the same last names. Uh, but Isaiah Cassidy owns the end of that, and uh, I won't spoil as to how. I still think that Matt Hardy should have held on like for at least five seconds. Literally, I don't think Hook had it even fully applied yet, and he already started tapping out. I, I think they really needed to hammer it in that Maybe. Matt Hardy was intentionally losing to okay, get fair. Stokely into this match okay. with Hook. 
Uh, and so I think him doing it, tapping out so quickly. And like I said, he posted the video yeah. basically sarcastically being upset. I haven't seen the video upset. yet. So. Yeah. This is, so, cause it's all playing off of the, the storyline yeah. with them with, uh, you know, Stokely Hathaway owns Matt Hardy and Matt's been acting like he's okay with it now, there. but he's really luring yeah. Stokely into these yeah. situations. Okay. Uh, so then we had, uh, Riho versus Tony Storm. This is pretty good. I was very, I mean... I'm not surprised. I no. Riho never surprises me. Tony Storm never surprises me. Uh, but I I didn't realize how much I wanted this combination of talent together. And I would like to see this run back on a bigger stage uh, with bigger consequences. I hope so too. But obviously they're, I mean... They're not at the, they're kind of in the backgrounds. Like, I mean, to be fair, Riho has been like a recurring character. You know, she's not really been one of the mainstays in a long, long time since she was really champion. But this was a fun, entertaining match um, between them. I think obviously two former women's champions, they would pull that off anyway. But it also furthers the story. Obviously, Britt, you know, Britt got involved and Tony got the roll up then and all of that. It They're setting up, at the end of the day, this was kind of a launching pad to further they're set up and build to the triple threat on Sunday. But I think overall it was a fun, entertaining match Two women who can work really well together. They're reliable. Obviously they're former champs. I think that, I think though that there's more that we can see to this, like you said, with bigger stakes. So next time I think if they had a little bit more time with like less shenanigans, I think they could, they could level up even more. Well, the thing I, I took away from this uh, and I, on after the week with me and Denise, I had said <laughs> one of the matches I wanted to see coming up possibly would be Jade Cargill defending the title. Because they're like, who's left for Jade? Who hasn't she defended the title against? And I thought, you know who she hasn't defended the title against? And somebody brought this up in the chat. And I thought, actually, Riho's a pretty great idea, um, especially being the first women's world champion. And I like that giving her her first victory of 2023 because she's obviously not on TV very often. Yeah. Um, kind of puts her in line for something and i would think that doing jade cargill and riho would be to me a good way to go uh we had uh board dude says i get refs always hold the ladder however to get the entire ref crew to build a base for the ladder is kind of whack big homie should have asked for another ladder i mean tv time is tv time like yeah i think that there is nothing that could have been done in that scenario that uh people would have been happy with i think had he taken the time to get another ladder, there would have been questions of, well, why was everybody just standing around letting him get another ladder? If he had climbed this rickety ladder and, say, fallen on his face, then there would have been questions of, uh, well, why is AEW such an unsafe work environment? Yeah. And so the fact that in this scenario, he grabbed or he climbed the ladder that was in front of him and the referees secured it, in a way of that's what the referee's job is in this type of environment, I think was the best solution there. I saw somebody say that Bully Ray said, well, maybe you could have the wrestlers hold it. I thought, that's fucking worse. What are you talking about? That um, wouldn't make sense. <laughs> They're competing against how? Well, it was like in a way where you keep it off camera. And I like, thought, well, but then the, that's no different than the yeah. refs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so either way. I think he, I think he did like the, 
I feel like in that scenario, I feel like that's kind of the best solution. I mean, to kind of keep kayfabe a little bit, you're not involving the competitors, you know, uh-huh. again, like you said, TV time, like they're on a time crunch. So I think he did what I think he did what was best in that scenario. That's kind of a, a, a rare scenario. You know, you're just thinking off the top of your head. Yeah, I, I think that honestly, this is a really easy situation to like yeah. armchair quarterback and to be like, well, I would have done it this way. And it's like, well, you weren't in the fucking match. Yeah. And uh, so I, a, in a moment where you have to think on your feet, I think everybody made that go off the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm just, there's no way you could get me to to engage in the idea of harping on that with people yeah it's just not gonna happen um but then we had the casino tag team battle royal the fuck was this um so (laughs) i I, it's not even the winners all right because i like orange cassidy a lot and i talk up talk him up on the show i talked Mm -hmm. him up last week i think he's one of the best in the world yeah danhausen has actually been uh, a solid addition to AEW since he came in last year. Everything was wrong with this match, though, being put together. The time intervals between... Uh, <laughs> they were not te- consistent. <laughs> teams being introduced made no sense at all. There was... Uh... It's almost as if they avoided explaining the rules of this match, which they've... They've run this match before. It's literally the yeah. Royal Rumble with tag teams, mm-hmm. and they've done it well in the past. But in this case, what the fuck was this? Like, I, I did not understand the structure of this whatsoever, uh, and I think they should have established, you know, a number of teams because I had no idea how many teams were going to be in this Uh they, of course, established early on in the show that best friends would be out and they'd be replaced with Dan Housen and Orange mm-hmm. Cassidy. But uh, you've never told us how many teams were in this in the first place. Why could Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy just add themselves in? I don't know. Uh, because it was also a really odd number anyway. I'm counting them right now. Four, five, six, seven, eight. There was 10. Three, there was four, 10? Five, six, seven, I eight, thought there was nine, 11. 10. Unless I'm counting wrong. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm counting ten. Okay, ten. I'm just triple checking. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, ten. Yeah. Okay, ten teams. Okay. Uh, and so either way. You had a lot of establishment in this match, right? Yes. You had the Lucha Bros, who the crowd clearly wanted to win this. Uh, you had the Dark Order. You had Butcher and the Blade, who when they came in, I kind of thought, I almost started talking myself into it. I almost started going, you know what? I can see Butcher and Blade winning this. Why not? Uh, but at the end of the day, Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy won. Yeah. And I guess, like, from a story standpoint, they have had ties the last month to Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, who have been tied to the Acclaimed, who have been tied to the Ass Boys. So, like, in a way, you can convince me that it makes sense. But, God, when I think about Revolution, 
when I think about Revolution in 2020, having what is my favorite match of all mother-loving time, uh, talking about uh, Kenny and Hangman versus the Young Bucks, favorite match ever. Tag teaming at its finest. Last year, you had the Young Bucks versus Red Dragon versus Jurassic Express. Again, tag team wrestling at its finest. And I was there for that one. Year before that, you had the Young Bucks against Chris Jericho and MJF. And, like, that was okay. But, like, that was kind of the point was that Chris Jericho and MJF weren't an establishment tag team. And that's why they lost to the Bucks. What the fuck was this? Uh, what, this, this? These four teams. Nothing about this says that this should be the tag team match for Revolution. You, the acclaimed are an establishment team, yes. They have not done enough with the ass boys since winning the titles to justify this. I think this whole, ever since the, the guns ass boys won the titles, it's just been a, like a fever dream, but like in a bad way, like it's just been very odd. The whole booking has just been very odd to begin with. So I, I don't even, I mean, if FTR obviously ended up didn't being the surprise entry and ended up being Dan, what Dan Housen and Cassidy, I this whole match like I doesn't even like feel real like I don't know how to explain it it just feels so out of place it doesn't that, feel I, like the I, tag I, team I, match at no, the no no I don't even know how to like, put it into words and you know I posted a picture yesterday of a previous four-way tag match that AEW has put on yeah. that featured Kenny and Hangman the Young Bucks best friends and Santana and Ortiz and somebody had the best response I had seen to that which was Everybody in this match is still signed to the company. This isn't like a thing where we're going, oh man, remember what tag teams they used to have? Nope, you still have every single one of these guys. I just, we're at this point now where we're not doing with tag team wrestling what used to be done. Who knows? This match could end up delivering, being a whole lot of fun. It could. um, I, I, think, I think it I think it will be. I mean, you have like Cassidy in there who's capable of that. The acclaimed are very capable of that. People love to hate the guns. People love to boo or say like Jeff Jarrett sucks or whatever. I think the crowd will have some sense of fun with it, but it also feels very strange <laughs> at the same yeah. time. I don't know why. I know people watching are probably um thinking what's going on with will but for whatever reason i got like super nauseous and dizzy um and like the room is moving and so also light if you're sensitive to light in that sense too won't help either yeah i think more so it's just like um i don't know probably something to do with my current illness yes uh but all of a sudden i'm feeling a little bit woozy so I'm going to try and finish the show and say that the ending segment saw, again, greatest of all time. MJF didn't say say shit. No. <laughs> really? No. And he didn't need to mm-hmm. because this was all Brian here. Mm-hmm. Brian was amazing. He brought back one of my favorite promos of all time. The whole fight for your dreams mm-hmm. and your dreams will fight for you. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I love that quote. I want that on a plaque with Brian's face just mm-hmm. like right next to it. And I would put that on my wall just as a reminder to keep going because that that's one of very few times I've cried watching professional wrestling was Brian's promo. Yes. Uh, and 
Brian calling out MJF and calling out all his shit, even reminding everybody that this man's a fucking hypocrite. Last week, you talked about your fiance leaving you. Isn't your catchphrase banging rats? Uh, like, what are you talking about? Uh, it was like a it was a, a, a rare sight to see Brian, like, unleashed. We've seen it a few times before, but this was... It, it kind of is necessary, especially against somebody like an MJF who is so ruthless and unafraid of controversy and, and everything. This was the Brian that needed to be pulled out character-wise going into this match. Yeah. I... I... I thought the fact that he left MJF speechless. Yeah. Left MJF. It's a rare sight. Yes. Uh, that That is a powerful babyface move. I, yes. I tweeted earlier that I feel like the four best babyface promos in wrestling today are Hangman Adam Page, John Moxley, um, Cody, and Brian Danielson. Yeah. I feel like if you need a babyface to get passionate and get you um, emotionally pumped for their upcoming whatever it is those are the four you can count on i feel like becky lynch is somebody i also put in there um and i'm really glad that she's getting opportunities as a baby face to do that because obviously she as she's noted she's had to swim upstream trying to be heel and i'm happy for her as a baby face right now because she's so good at it but brian was so good here and uh definitely it's what they needed like you know this is gonna be like a 60 minute iron man match you know brian is surely capable of it we don't know about mjf but it's adding more layers to that but i don't think we've ever seen mjf speechless before so mm -hmm. i feel like it's adding that not only is this gonna be like a huge wrestling match that itself is gonna be a huge marathon in and of itself but we're adding more layers character-wise and brian has pulled off something that we've never seen mjf before mjf is always the one who he's always the spitfire he always has something to say not this time so i like i like uh i don't know what i don't like no i don't give an f brian <laughs> yeah oh and he said the thing he yeah, said that he you're did. gonna get your fucking head kicked in <laughs> yeah and yeah those who watched on fight got to hear it yeah, um, I saw the clip. <laughs> yes. Those who watched on TBS, like me, got to hear yeah. them put that little fake crowd audio sound yeah. that they put yeah. over things. Yeah. But we knew what he said. Yeah. So, I again, I am in on this. I love this feud. And uh, I think if it doesn't overstay its welcome, like maybe continue it through a little bit of April and then walk away. I mm -hmm. think that that's, that's it. That's all it needs. Uh, and transition him to his next thing. But we have one last thing here, which is how did the show do viewership-wise? Uh, <laughs> and I already have the answer to that because uh, I've already tweeted about that since because it actually came out before we started the show. But uh, the show did 8.33. Um as I tried to tell people last week, because they were like, "Is it Tony's announcement that brought the rating up last week?" and said, "No, it's the lack of NBA." Um, and I still believe that to be the case because the only thing on cable that beat Dynamite this week was the NBA, because um, Dynamite came in at number three behind two NBA games. That was good for a .27 rating. That's uh, about what they've been doing for the year. It's not great, um, but I don't think it's world-ending either. And uh, that was Dynamite. That's it. Ella, make some plugs. 
Um, easiest way to follow me is on Twitter when Twitter is still working. Cause sometimes, you know, it's been very glitchy lately, but I'm most active on there. If you follow me at it's Ella J, like it says below, you can go to the link in my bio, find all my projects and podcasts right there in one convenient place. Cause it's just easier that way. <laughs> follow it's Ella J and stay with me folks, because in 12 yes. minutes, I'm going to be on with Righteous Reg and Philip Lindsay over yes. on Fightful Select for another edition of Ask Grapsody. Uh, Feel better and... too, my goodness. Yeah, I'm going to go like drink some water. Get some water, get hydrated. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be, again, an abridged edition of Ask Grapsody. But nonetheless, send us your questions if you haven't gotten those in. Again, that's going to be over at Fightful Select YouTube. Or, yeah, no, FightfulSelect.com. Yes. Um, do, don't go to YouTube.com slash Fightful. Go to that later on for the premiere of the ROH post show with Righteous Reg and Kate as they discuss. Um, and I want this show to work. I love Kate and I love Reg and they both have really aggressive takes on certain things and I'm so excited <laughs> for these two to be put in the same place um, and uh, I hope that the name ROH and Kate plus eight um, <laughs> happens to stick so <laughs> anyway that's it for this edition of Day After Dynamite thanks for being here for LJ, I'm Will Washington. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.